Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook-Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook-Noble. Welcome to Financially Speaking, everybody. I am your guest host today, Karen Cook. And we are going to be talking about how you end up being the family health care provider, not just for yourself, but for your children and, yes, your parents. Because at one time or another, we all need help. So talking about our children, which is normal. We have children, we take care of them, we raise them, we guide them, we spend every bit of resource we have on them. And then they hit 18, they leave the house, right? <laughs> Maybe in your dreams. <laughs> Not necessarily true anymore. Maybe they go and take post-secondary education. Uh, maybe they decide I'm going to stay at home and work and save money to buy my dream house or condo or rent an apartment. Or maybe they just stay at home, period. And you're thinking, when are you going to leave, right? So when does that end? When does that financial responsibility or 30 or still living at home burden, right, end? By the time that happens, we're all aging, depending on when you have your children, if you're young or older, and 30s seems to be about the target where people are having kids today because we're realizing, whoa, getting pregnant, not something we should just do on the fly. We want to plan for it because it costs money, a lot of money, right? So what, a million bucks to raise a child from conception, adulthood. Now adulthood could go into the 20s and 30s if they're staying with you and furthering their education. What if they decide to become a doctor? They could be seven years in school for post-secondary education. So we're spending a lot more money on our children and encouraging this. We want our children to be successful and not struggle, right? So that's the idea. So the cost of raising a child varies from country to country, but we're still paying. We all have the same needs, right? So usually uh, it, we base the costs on different areas of expenditure. So food, we all need food. We all need housing. We all need clothing. However, any given family's actual expenses may differ from the, these estimates, right? So for example, your rent on a home does not usually change when you have a child. And if you have a mortgage on a home, you have a home that you're paying, you have a child, three bedroom, pretty standard three bedroom house or two bedroom apartment. You have a child, you have room for that child. You have a second child. Would you change your housing? Probably not. If you have a three bedroom home, you still might put both children in the same room if they're young enough. And when they get older, you might separate them out. If they're girls or boys, you might keep them together. Bunk beds are great, right? If you have a one, two-bedroom apartment and one bedroom is designated for the kids, you might keep it that way for a while. But you may not move. You have a third child. You have a two-bedroom apartment or a three-bedroom house. It looks like you might be not up. So it's possible that you're going to be paying more rent, more of a mortgage for a larger house or putting an addition on your house really can't put an addition on an apartment, right? Or I guess you can make the balcony a bedroom, <laughs> which would kind of be cold. But so you're going to be moving. You're going to need more space, right? And the kids are going to need a place to maybe play in room where you're trying to watch your TV or get your work done. So when your housing becomes too small, that's when we might move to, which is going to be a higher cost. So in the United States, based on a survey by the USC per culture, and not really any specific region in, in the country, so it's kind of all the same. Before tax income, which is about less than 59000 the average amount of money to raise a child will be about 38000 If the income is 59000 to 102000 the average would be about 79000 And more than 102000 you could be 180000 So this is based on a two-parent So you're probably looking at housing food, transportation, and health care. Goodness forbid you have a sick child and you don't have the coverage. But even if you do have coverage like we do in Canada, it's not 100%. You're also looking at the cost of child care, education, miscellaneous. 
So any kind of hobbies that are out there, right? Kids like to take things, do things, learn things, participate in things. And let's be honest, in the summer breaks, you may want them to, right? So uh, there's extra expenditures that we uh, allow for our children. If you're a single parent family and you have less than or less than 40,000, the average is about 18,000 to raise a child. If it's more than 59,000, you're looking at about 107,000. Because the more money we make, the more we spend. So if we are making over 100000 a year, you might put your child into more activities. And as you know, if your child's in an activity, there's a lot of stuff that comes along with that. If you want to be, live in a bigger home or you're in a more expensive area, or you might want to put your child in private schooling or have tutors. So the more money we make, the more we will spend on our child and whatever else. Right? So that's kind of how the formula works. So let's specifically look at the cost of raising a child. Right now, we're going to look at Canada. So we have what's called maternity leave. So in Canada, it can cover 17 to up to 52 weeks. So during this time, your employer has to save your position while you're off work. So a lot of the time, women go off not the day they're delivering. Oh, my water broke. I guess my shift is done. Or I crossed my legs, so my eight hours is up. It's kind of not how it works. So you're usually off maybe a week or at least a few days, your due date when you know it, because you kind of need to be off because you never know if you're going to go a little quicker. And God forbid you're going later. Who wants to carry that around for another half month? So they save your position. If you're lucky, they'll offer some kind of top up. But not maternity employment insurance will help you get by. Uh, so it's meant to replace 55% of your weekly earnings up to about 500 a week. This is the employment insurance. So you'll hit the cap if your salary is 51300 or more. And to make it worse, that income is taxable. So officially, mothers get 15 weeks of maternity employment insurance. Another 35 weeks can be shared or taken by either parent or partner, where EI parental benefits will still be paid out. So the mom usually takes the first little bit off. She's had the baby. You kind of need to rest and recoup, right? It'd be kind of tough to go back to work the next day after having a baby. I don't even think you'd... I don't know. Maybe there's some troopers out there I don't know about. But uh, usually the mother will take the first little bit of... And now they have paternal leave. So men can take time off too. So the man might want to be off for a few months. So you can do that. And it doesn't say you have to have so many weeks for each one. You can just figure out what you both want. So most couples choose to take the leave one after the other, but again, you can take it at the same time if you want, but the remaining two weeks unpaid, so make sure you have some reserve funds. So save some of the money that you're getting put in an account where you know, you know what, I've got this in an emergency, right? Plus, there's other things we can do. So if you're off and you're on your maternity leave, your employment insurance for mat leave, there's other things you can do to top well beforehand. So, I mean, doing this during or after won't work, but there's life insurance. So once you have dependents, life insurance is an absolute must. You should have your life insurance, but you can get it ahead of time and all sorts of overrides on the insurance so you can make sure that it's topped up when you're off. So our children depend on our income to get by. So if you have a policy in place, that will leave them with enough uh, to get by until they become self-dependent adults. Because you know life insurance pays out upon death, right? So you're not getting this when you're alive. But there are riders you can get to get insurance when you're alive as well. So life insurance is good to put in place if that's something that we should leave to our children or anybody you can designate it to after you're gone. So if you're young and healthy, term insurance is an option. You might pay 30 to 40 a month, right? That's feasible. Um, so generally speaking, the amount you want to get is enough to cover the cost of your funeral, balance of your mortgage, and the cost of a post-secondary education. So I know it's kind of bad, but it's something you want to get done. I never used to talk about it either. My sister would try to be like, I don't want to talk about it, right? It's morbid. But as we age, we have to face that and look at being responsible because it doesn't matter if you want to bury your head in the sand. It's going to happen. Sorry, folks. There's only one way off this earth. I know of. If you find another one, let me know. So uh, definitely look into getting some form of life insurance after, for sure, after you've had a child. Or you have things, a business, a house. You know, you want to look at your life insurance. 
Registered education savings plans are another thing that we can set for our children. It isn't mandatory, but it's a definite good thing to look into. So talk to your financial planner about this. In Canada, you can get $500 free every year through the Canadian Education Savings Grant. This grant gives you a 20% match on the first 20 you save until your child turns 17. And that's with a lifetime maximum benefit of $7,200 per child. The contributions aren't tax deductible, but any gains are tax-free. So again, talk to your financial advisor about RESPs because these are great for your kids. They're education savings that can help them in the end. And then you don't have to worry about, oh, my God, what am I going to do when my child turns 18, 17, 19, wants to go to school, I don't have the money, and they have to get OSAP, do they qualify, they have to pay it back. So they're starting out their life after education and debt. So this can avoid some of that panic when it comes down to them going to school. And as you're saving for 17 years, it doesn't seem as big as a bulk when it all of a sudden comes down to it. And of course, lower income families could potentially get a higher match. And they can access up to 2000 to help kickstart their child's RESP through the Canada Learning Bond. The money is completely free, no fees, and no additional contributions are required. And talk to your financial advisor or look it up and see what you qualify for. There's different um, amounts you can put in. Sometimes the sites have uh, where you can be interactive and they'll tell you how much you qualify. Don't be afraid to do that either. So there's a lot of things that we can do to prepare for children. I mean, if you know you're going to be, if you're planning to, to get pregnant, you can start saving. Start purchasing items so that when the baby comes, you're more prepared. You don't have to worry about going out and buying thousands and thousands of dollars of things. Goodness forbid you go early, right? And don't forget, we like to have those baby showers because it can help too. And today people are registering for things they need and they want. And so we don't use when we could use diapers, soothers, bottles, uh, blankets. So, I mean, you can register for things or specifically ask or leave it up to fate. But, and of course, we could be proactive with our insurance, our registered education savings plans and making sure that we're prepared for when we do have our babies, right? Because you don't want panic to set in because it's expensive. I mean, I'm sure diapers alone today even are so expensive as they always are. And babies go through more than one a day, right? So planning ahead, starting to prepare, and of course, we've done so many shows on budgeting and cost saving and coupons and price matching, buying things on sale and in the States, double coupon days and a lot of places that have rewards programs. And you can start purchasing things knowing you're going to be having this baby coming up in so many months when they go on sale. And that's a good time to let people know, hey, if you're going to buy me this, it's on sale, right? And by doing that, sometimes you're saving and also making money as you're spending, right? And we've had other shows like that in the past for you to kind of compare that to. But definitely a good idea to look into being prepared before it comes down to actually having the baby. Uh, because they're expensive. So you want to be prepared. And goodness forbid you do go early and you're not prepared. you got to get the baby home in a car seat. You have to have baby sleep somewhere. You need diapers. You need clothes. You need bottles eventually and formula and if you can't breastfeed you're going to need that right away and there's so many costs involved with babies so it's always good to be prepared when you're about to have one so we're going to go into the first break of this show and when we come back we're going to talk about getting past the baby stage and talking starting with our daycare so you are listening to financially speaking today with karen cook and we are going to go into the break and we will be right back Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook. And today we are discussing our families, taking care of ourselves, our children, eventually our parents. So we started off with our children. So we're going to step up from the baby stage into daycare. Because once that baby starts needing some more care and you're going back to work, you're going to need someone to take care of the baby. If you don't have family and friends who are available to do it for free, you may be paying. So uh, where you live will determine your daycare costs. But licensed daycares in May cities can cost up to $2,000 a month. Unlicensed home care is cheaper, and you can check it out. But just make sure, again, you're doing your due diligence, checking out, getting references, doing inspections to make sure it's okay. Uh, so regardless of what route you decide, uh, there's limited. So if you know eventually you are going to need daycare, you don't have that set up for to have the child at your home, so somebody coming in, get your kid's name on a waiting list as soon as they're born. With cost of child care so high, it might even make sense for one parent to stay home for an extended period of time. A lot of the parents do that and will stay home until the child's maybe going to school full time. And then either going back on a full or part-time basis or trying to find a job within certain hours, that works. So having a baby, serious decision, one that should be made with our finances in mind. Uh, and of course, most parents will divert most of their savings towards their children. But you don't want to ignore your own retirement in the process, right, and your savings because emergencies come up. So you want to make sure you're prepared. The last thing you want is for your child to be part of uh, you know, a generation where they're kind of getting lost or they're not able to go on to go to school. So, and we want to make sure that we give them the best that we can. So that's why we want to prepare. So the cost of raising a child is, in Canada is offset by the Canadian Child Benefit, which provides up to 6400 per year for each eligible child under the age of six. Up to 5400 per year on children six to 17. And the amount is based on your income, so it's possible to get nothing, right? In addition, some families may also qualify for the Canadian Child Tax Benefit. That's a monthly tax-free payout. So you should apply for these benefits as soon as your child is born. You don't want to pay because if you delay, you're missing out on money. So be prepared, be proactive, get it done. And of course, I mentioned a little bit at the beginning about children and their curricular activities. I mean, what children don't want to participate? And it's expensive. How about sports? Oh, my goodness. Hockey, soccer, football, basketball, they seem to be the main four. Um, very expensive sports, right? Soccer, okay, you might need a ball and some shoes, probably a uniform. Hockey, oh, my goodness, and football, they have a lot of equipment. That's nice. Baseball's got a little bit more. But uh, than than soccer, but hockey and football, and of course in Canada, hockey is very popular in the states. I think your American sport is your football, so they seem to be more of the expensive uh, sports that kids want to play. So we have to budget for that. Music. What if your child wants to be a dancer or a singer or a piano player or play some kind of instrument? You have to buy the instrument because they're going to want to practice at home. Dance, very expensive as well. You have for dancing, cost to go, to learn. You've got all the equipment, the shoes, the clothing. Then you have the competition, which is great, great activity, great fun, learns a skill, exercise, getting out, socializing. It's great. Costs money. Day camp, summer camp, RCA. What about swimming lessons, art classes, any kind of program? It's going to cost money. And we want our kids to experience that. So, again, we want to budget for that. So if you decide, you know, my child, I don't want him in the regular school system. I want to put him in a private school, which is fine. You could pay anywhere from 10000 a year or up for private school tuition. So uh, we definitely want to look into what is best and what we can afford, really. You don't want to be house poor or poor. 
go in the poor house or lose your house. But, you know, depending on when you want to put your child in private school, from elementary to high school, you could pay up to $15,000 for high school, private school. Right, so you definitely want to look at that. And then, of course, we get into post-secondary education. So university, college, right? Now, depending on where you are in the United States or Canada, in Canada we have colleges which are more of a wonder program with diplomas and certificates. Our universities are usually three to four, three or more actually, uh, years looking at a degree. Now in the United States, you have, I know you call them colleges, but you have your levels of college. So same kind of thing. But tuition, yeah, it's going to be expensive the more education you're going for, the facility you go to. But education opens so many doors. And we do want children to be educated. We want them to have a good and happy life. We don't want them to be stressed out and struggle for money. So we do encourage it. But with education costs rising faster than the cost of living, these doors can be to open. That's why now more than ever, it's best to have a plan, a savings plan. So if you're in Canada, studying in Canada, you can expect to pay 6800 per year for a graduate degree. So you could pay 7000 a year for a graduate degree. According to Stats Canada, the average tuition fees for international students, so if you're outside Canada, coming into Canada to work, it's about three times or more. So you're looking at about 27000 In the U.S., you could pay $20,000 or so per year to go to school. And that depends. Are you going to live at the school? Are you in residence? Are you off campus? Are you living at home? Are you driving? Do you have to pay for parking? Do you have to pay for a meal plan? Do you have to buy your books? Right, so we're looking at so many different things. As you know, admissions costs go up every year. So OSAP, yep, great. You might be able to get grants and you might be able to get loans. And if you're in school, you might be able to get bursaries or awards. So, and we did talk about this in a previous, so if you go back, you might be able to grab some information from there too. But there are ways that we can help prepare our children financially for school, even if they have to take a little bit of the burden on. I mean, I've, I've done a few different things myself. I've attended college. I've attended university. I've gone away to school. I've lived on campus. I've lived in the residence. I've d participated in the meal plan. I have driven to and forth from school without being in residence. I've worked while going to school. I mean, I've done it all. And it's difficult because you really have to be able to monitor yourself so if you're working and going to school and driving, maintaining a household, which I did it all with the family, so it was difficult, but perseverance. And some people have that. Some don't and can't work while they're going to school. So it's nice to be able to help our children out. According to the College Board, uh, tuition fees uh, at state colleges average about 9900 U.S. for state residents, 25000 or more for everybody else. So it compares to an average of 34000 and change at private nonprofit colleges. So until your kids fly the coop, you're paying for them. And maybe you still do or maybe you need to. But if they're 18 and attend post-secondary education, you're probably paying. Right, maybe they're getting OSAP. But even if they don't go to school and decide to live at home, Mom, I'm going to live here and I'm just going to save money. Okay. Are they paying to stay at home? Are you charging them rent? Are they doing something to earn their keep or are you paying for it all? When they move out, are they independent or are you still paying for them? Right? So there's a lot of factors. So having a child, hey, they're 18, they're out, not necessarily true anymore. And of course, just when you finish paying for your kids, your parents age and they need your help. And we think, oh my gosh, I was ready to have a break. And you might have a few years in between. Right, so if you had your children really young, you were in your early 20s, you might have some years. I mean, when your child is going to school, so if you had your child at 20, they hit 18, they're going to school, or even 17 now, so you're 37, 38. They're in school, say, four years, you're into your 40s. Say your parents had you at 20, so they're in their 60s now, mid-60s. They might need your help, depending how we age. So you go from being the care provider for your children to really having some years to yourself 
while still budgeting to be family, right? You're still managing your time because you're always involved with your family's lives, whether it's one end or the other, children or adults. And then, of course, as you have the, the uh, aging parents, again, we're looking at helping them because we do face a variety of concerns when we talk about aging parents. So as our parents' health starts to deteriorate, uh, we get worried about them being alone. We get worried about something bad happening to them. We get worried about how well they're going to be able to care of themselves. And the list goes on and on. And as time goes on, our concerns actually might increase. They're still aging. Issues are coming. People are living longer. And the longer we live, the more things that we can experience that are not as desired as you would think. We don't want to live sickly. We, it's not about the age. It's about the optimal health. Are you living a productive life? That's what we want. And yes, we need some help. And yes, we're going to have to give a little bit of help. But it's important to stay as healthy as we can. So if you are caring for aging parents, you're not alone. Over a third of the population provides some form of caregiving to relatives or family friends. Most of these seniors, right? So you don't have to be a senior to need help. You could have a disabled child. You could become disabled. I was uh, in my 30s when I incurred a horrific workplace incident, accident really, through no fault of my own at all, saving a client, probably the hospital, from a lot of trouble. And it blew my back out, a career. I went back to school. I tried different jobs. Rough, God, most of a decade trying new things, trying to get better, trying to settle. And the experts, well, it would settle, it'll settle. Well, it just doesn't. And, you know, the things get worse. So you have to try self things and you have to change your mindset and you have to determine where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And I think everything is what led me to having my own company, Casey Training Plus. So with all the expertise, the education, everything I had, I took that because I had to take care of me. So you're going to go, and if this was you, you go from taking care of your kids, and what if you still were, to trying to take care of yourself, and now you have aging parents. So, I mean, it, it can be a very expensive and very psychologically difficult time to go through that. So as we are taking care of ourselves, we worry about our children, we worry about our parents, and then eventually you're going to become the caregiver for your parents. In Canada, more than 8 million people provide care to a disabled or chronically ill loved one. Approximately half of those caregivers are caring for their parents or in-laws. While most caregivers, the experience of caring for a loved one is rewarding, the cost can be unexpected. Um, so every year in Canada, caring for aging parents costs about $33 billion with a B. And since the population is getting older, we can expect that number to rise. Your baby boomers are well into their 60s, mid-70s, depending on the end of the spectrum now. More Canadians will need, and Americans, it doesn't matter, are going to need to become caregivers for their aging parents or loved ones and may not be prepared for that cost. So is caring for aging parents expensive? Well, we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about some tips when we come back from our next break. So we're going to go into the next break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit of these tips that uh, are going to be out of pocket, these costs, but maybe we can find something that might help us out. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspired Choices Network today, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your host, Karen Cook, today on the Inspired Choices Network, taking care of ourselves, our family, including our children, possibly a spouse or sibling or loved one, and our parents. So before we went to break, we were talking about how the estimated caring for parents today is about $33 billion in Canada, and that's every year for people to take care of their aging population relatives, whether that's a grandparent, a parent, an in-law, an older sibling, anybody that you are responsible for. So there are some out-of-pocket healthcare expenses. So in Canada, there's the perception that healthcare is free. Well, sometimes (laughs) we get some things, but the government really only pays about 30% of healthcare costs. The other 30% is left for seniors or their caregivers to pay. So not all medications paid for. Not all assistive devices are paid for. Over-the-counter items you might purchase, not paid for. Some prescriptions, not paid for. So even though we might have health care in Canada and in the United States, for my American listeners, you might have it as well, you still want to look at getting some other benefits or coverage through any form of insurance. So talk to your financial advisor and make sure that you have what you're going to need. Don't wait until you have it because then it's excluded. So out-of-pocket healthcare expenses are going to happen. So you want to make sure that you and your loved ones, either end of the spectrum, a child or a parent, you want to make sure they're covered so that we can look into the, you kind of have to be a fortune teller. You don't have to know what's going to happen. You don't really need to go to one, for God's sake. Don't spend your money there. I'm saying that and look in the future and go, well, if we're going to age, this could happen. Look at the norms of what's happening, right? You don't have to know what's really going to happen, but you need to get ready. That's why if you're going to start insurance, get it on the baby. Once they have insurance, the rates really don't go up. Coverage, nothing's excluded no matter what happens. So again, talk to your financial advisor about when you can start that as well. A lot cheaper to start it at, I think, six months than it is at six years, 16, 60. So it's cheaper the quicker, the faster you get that insurance. So look into that because that is the cheapest form of covering your child that you will ever do that will cost you minimal, that will have massive coverage for them, Okay, as well as those RESPs we talked about. Get that in too so it's not such a wow, ouch factor at 18 when they say, hey, mom, I think I've decided to go to university and you go, oh, crap, now I'm going to need a diaper. I just boot my drawers. So, and the, oh, my God, sets in and you don't want to be cashing in your insurance and your savings for this. And, oh, stop, you make too much, you don't qualify, your kids don't qualify, right? So you have to be careful with that, too. And who wants to make less money? I, I don't. <laughs> I like money. I like to make it. So um, after the age of 65, Canadians or anybody can expect to spend an average of over 5000 every year on out-of-pocket medical expenses, right? Because you're going to need more as you age. I'm sorry, folks, but things go downhill. 
You get born, it gets, and then you age, it goes downhill, and that's the way it is. You will never be the same at every age. You mean for five years, but it changes every decade you're aging, really. And you kind of get to notice that, although sometimes you might feel like you're 90 years old and you're only 50. But And, and if you have injuries and illnesses and disease and things going on, your pocket expenses are going to get even higher. So get that coverage. Anticipate things. Okay, caregivers spend an average of 3300 a year on out-of-pocket expenses. And if your parents have limited retirement savings, you may end up saved spending any more, like much more. Because what if they can't afford their house? You're going to put them in a home? Maybe you don't want to. I was a nurse for many years. I started out as what was called a healthcare aide, which is now progressed into a bigger program called a PSW, a personal support worker. And I worked in nursing homes, long-term care facilities, retirement homes, chronic care facilities. And I would like to think that I did a good job. I tried my best. I, I was definitely a better healthcare provider when I became a professor because I felt that I had to adhere to those standards and I kept up on the information because I taught it. So I felt that I was really good. And I have worked with fantastic personal support workers, registered practical nurses, registered nurses. My best friend is one of the best PSWs you will ever, ever meet. And she has bad knees and a sore back and shoulders and this and that. I mean, I couldn't do that job if you paid me a million dollars an hour. But would I want to live in one of those facilities? I don't. I don't want that routine. I'd have vision board over my bed saying, do not wake up before 10, don't give me this to eat, don't give me that, don't do this, don't do that. And that's not how it works. Because if you're going to put your parent in a long-term care facility, and again, you can go back to the show where Jen Kellett was toast, and she has a company where she goes in to help people in their homes, because most people want to stay in their homes. And yes, it is cheaper to stay in your home and have somebody come in. It's very to live in a healthcare facility because you're paying for the care 24 hours a day. And you may not... So definitely look at insurance now. If you haven't done it for crying out loud, I don't care how old you are, do it now. You'll, whatever, every that goes by, less is covered. We get issues and it's going to cost you more. And of course, you may eventually need assistive devices. Well, guess what, folks? Canada or U.S., not covered. The Canadian healthcare system does not cover glasses. At least most of it isn't covered. Hearing aids, cane walkers, wheelchairs, raised toilet seats, non-slip footwear, things for your tub, a tub or shower seat. Is that covered? Probably not. Right? Communication aids, assistive devices can be very expensive. Now, I am a Red Cross authorized training partner and provider as part of my company, and they actually have a loans program where you can try different assistive devices to see if they work. Because I found that seniors generally don't like to return things or be a bother hear that because somebody's been rude to them and there is absolutely no excuse for that. Because one day it'll be you, remember that. You treat people with respect the way you want to be retreated. Everybody should. But that's not how it works. And even if you're having a bad day, you don't want it to come across because you never know who you're upsetting or how you're making them feel. And I find that money gets wasted and things sit because they're afraid to take it back. So if you can find a program where you can try these devices without purchasing, fantastic. Right? When you go in to buy glasses, why would you want someone to just pick them out for you? I mean, I needed glasses, full coverage through a plan. They paid up to a certain amount, which was good because they paid up 100 and change. But the ones I had to have were, I liked them. So I tried on two parent, the ones that were covered, the ones that weren't. And I said, no, I like the ones that aren't covered. Of course, right? I paid out of pocket, but I did have a plan or else I would have paid the whole thing myself. So my plan covered half. That's good, right? And you want to try things that work for you. So the Ontario government covers 75% of the cost of these kinds of items. But again, you're still going to be paying out of pocket. And if your parents or loved ones can't afford it or need multiple assisted devices, that cost adds up quite quickly, right? So we want to be prepared the best that we can. So if stair lifts come into effect, different walk-in or tub showers, come on, they're awesome. You don't have to step over them, but they cost money because people that are having trouble bathing, stepping over the tub, you need the 
door that opens, you need a chair to sit on so you don't fall because you feel weak. You might have bad knees, bad ankles. Your balance might be going. You might have a bad back. Your vision could be going. You do feel safer sitting, right? All of this can cost tens of thousands of dollars. So we want to prepare for it. Another thing that happens when you're taking care of your loved ones is work. Work suffers. Sometimes you need time off work. That could be a child yourself or an aging parent, right? So with caring for our aging parents, sometimes you have to take work off. You need time off work. Out-of-employed family caregiver percent say they've been late for work, left early, or had to leave during the middle. 43%, that's almost half. Nearly 10 of people caring for their aging parents miss about 450 hours of work to handle their care. That's about 56 eight-hour work days per year. Whoa, that's a lot. If something happens, you have to leave work. Your parent falls, you have to leave work. They break a hip, you're going to leave work. And then what if they need you to care for them? What if it's one parent, one has passed, or they're single, or whatever the case or they're sickly, or they're in a wheelchair. But if they can't afford their home, they move into your home. You still have to take care of them. You still have to make allocations to make your home safe for them. They're in a wheelchair. They can't go doing stairs. They can't reach very high, so you have to make sure things are in their way. If there's some form of maybe dementia, you have to make sure your house is, well, proofed. Adult proof, I guess you can call it. We child proof our homes. I dog proof my house. Uh, we have to parent proof our house. So again, costing money. So tough work may not necessarily just mean short term income losses either. It can have a major effect on career advancement, future income. Well, she's always off work. We can't give her that promotion. So this stuff happens. 10% of employed caregivers have had to turn down promotions or new jobs because of their caregiver responsibilities. Four in 10 people have moved to a less demanding job with less pay. Yep, less, less work, less pay. Less responsibility, less pay. Less pay, more work, more out of pocket. Guess where you're going? The wrong way, getting more and more in debt. So it's not working out. Hiring professional care, fantastic. That costs money. They might, you're, your, your aging parent might need help bathing, getting dressed, walking, moving around, physiotherapy, and you're going to pay for that, right? If you're having someone come in, and again, we've talked about this in, in the uh, past show when Jennifer Kellett from ABC Care was talking about her company and all the costs are associated there. But when it comes to loved ones, you know what you're going to do. You're going to do the best that you can. So if it's, you're probably going to find a way to make that work. And I know some of us go in debt doing that for the love that we have for our, our, our families. They want to stay at home. They want to be independent. And, you know, that keeps their spirits high. Uh, and, you know, we want to do that for them. So we need to budget for that. So um, caring for aging parents is something that we do. And it's challenging. It's physically and emotionally difficult. And the challenge grows as the elderly parents age and further decline in ability. But you know, there's a wide variety of ways to make caregiving your, to make it easier on yourself. When we come back from our last break, I am gonna talk about some of those things that we can do to make caregiving a bit easier on us. So you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network and we'll be back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your guest, Karen Cook, today on the Inspired Choices Network. And we are talking about healthcare in our family, including ourselves, our children, and our parents. So there are a wide variety of ways that we can make caregiving easier on us. So a caregiver action plan. You can improve your life and review your goals by creating this caregiver action plan. So ideally, you create a plan early on in caregiving, but stopping to take an overview at any time is a great idea. So this can be a point where you get an overview and take stock of where you are and what you and your elderly parent or loved one requires. So the action plan can be an ongoing guidebook to us how well you're doing, how realistic your expectations are, and how well you're meeting those expectations. So keeping a little diary or a little book with what's going on in your day, what your parents' needs are, what the concerns are, what you're doing for them, because eventually you're going to need some help. Because I hate to tell you, folks, we don't get better. We only get worse as we age and are, you know, nearing the end of our life. Things get worse. We just don't all of a sudden go, hey, man, I'm back to 30. I wish that were the case. But hit a certain age and revert back right on. But it doesn't work that way. So uh, if we're having memory difficulties or we're having issues getting around or dressing or feeding, it's probably going to get worse. So you want to keep stock of how much work you're missing, how much money you're losing, how much time you're spending, how much time you're spending with them, and how much time you're actually spending for you, right? Because this goes into the next point. Taking care of yourself. Take care of you. You have to. It's so important because, you know, it's the caregiver's that are taking care of the people that need their help that suffer. Those are the people that are putting the burden on them, financial strain, the physical strain, the psychological, mental strain, and you're going to get hurt. And, you know, oftentimes than not, it's the caregiver, if it's a spouse, that's dying or getting injured first and more because they're, ta- they're not taking care of themselves. You have to take care of yourself. You have to have you time, downtime calm time. I don't care what you do with yourself. You need time to yourself. Whether you have a hobby or take a walk or have a nap, you have to have time. You need to prioritize yourself, your tasks. Come up with simple strategies that reduce stress. Don't your own life on hold. Caregiver fatigue is a factor for many caregivers. So some tips to help. Get a sibling to help or a friend or a family member, or loved one. And if it's free, great. If you have to pay for a little bit of sitting, fine, pay for it. Stay positive when you're stressed. Try and look at the good side of things. Find an outlet. Stay positive. If you get stuck in the negative, it's going to do you in. Optimize the caregiver benefits and breaks that you receive. So look into that. See if you can get any. In Canada, the Revenue Canada Agency offers various forms of assistance, tax breaks, and benefits for caregivers. So look into that, see if you qualify. So three fundamentally, uh, three fundamentals we need to be mindful of. Have a spiritual meditation, prayer, yoga, don't care, do it, work out, walk, take time, sing, run around your house naked. I don't care. Do something that makes you feel good, okay? And take time for yourself. Give yourself a break. You deserve a break today, right? Respite care is funded by the government in many provinces and possibly states. Giving yourself a holiday or at least a break from caregiving is fundamental for you staying healthy and sane. People, get on your nerves. I don't care if you love them or not. And if you love them, sometimes, but that's why we do it, because we love them when we put up with the crap, right? But, and don't forget, you're not dealing with people that are healthy. They're scared too. So we have to be mindful of that, but you need a break. And manage your financial health, managing the money problems as well as you can. There are many assistance, including government assistance, 
tax breaks, benefits, and don't forget about insurance. Talk to your parents. If they don't have it now, get it. Project what's going to happen in the future. They might be 50. I don't care. The goal is to live to 80, 90 years of age. You know you're going to need help. You're not going to be able to do the same things you do to double your age, right? So, but it's not all negative. There are positive things too, right? Caregiving can be positive. It's not negative by any stretch of the imagination. Many people are at their best when they're giving care. I like helping people. I like guiding people. I like teaching people. That's why I am. That's why I do what I do. That's why I have my own company. It's all about helping people. Casey Training Plus says it all. I train, I help, I guide. So people find renewed self-motivation and purpose when given someone to care for. One study showed that 73% could identify at least one positive aspect of caregiving. For example, I feel fulfilled. When caregivers were given positive feedback, they had lower levels of depression and irritation. Right, so many families with aging relatives begin at some point to discuss the need for senior care. Depending on where you are in the process of dealing with aging, it can be difficult. It's stressful. And all these discussions may range from uncomfortable to contentious to argumentative or worse. But you have to think ahead to senior care. Ideally, there are a number of steps you can go through with you and your family to think ahead about getting help for your parents. Right? You want to focus on the approach. What, what topics can arise? Let's talk about things, ongoing decisions, discussions, issues when things come up. Try and talk about it. Right? Try and be casual. You don't have to be false to sit at the dining room table. Sit on the couch. Have a drink. I don't care. Order a pizza. Right? Talk about it before it becomes an issue. Because once it becomes an issue, it's too late. If you can get insurance now, right now, I mean right when we're done in a few minutes, call your financial advisor. Call the folks. Have a talk. Even your children. If you're pregnant, starting with your kids, I don't care what age they are. Talk to your financial advisor. Start young. Because once you have the insurance when you're young, you don't have to worry about it as long as you keep it up. Because that insurance, the rates stay low. The coverage stays 100%. Nothing gets excluded. So a child who's younger, insurance at the age of one, who is now 90 years old, has that same coverage no matter if they have diabetes, heart disease, cancer, broke a hip, broke a knee. You still have that coverage, dementia, everything. It's all still covered. Look into the insurance. That's the best advice I can give you. Get what's out there. Protect yourself and protect everybody you love. And don't forget to take your much-needed breaks. So on that note, we're going to end. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then.